We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Welcome to the timeline of Phoenix Suns podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Suns go down now 3-2, losing 123-119, a close game at the end. Probably not indicative of how the game felt to watch. Uh, but yeah, they're down 3-2 now. And essentially, if the Suns have any chance of, of, of making this a series they have to win in a place that only one team has won, which is in Milwaukee in this playoffs. And then of course, game seven would be here in Phoenix. And that is an unfortunate situation uh, for the Phoenix suns. Uh, a game that really, I, in my opinion, felt like it shouldn't have been close. The entire, uh, the first quarter was one thing right beyond that. Uh, as soon as Booker went out of the game, things went a little haywire after that first quarter. And uh, anything beyond that to me felt like the bucks were in control pretty dramatically uh but yeah how'd you feel i'm depressed uh i feel like that was a rite of passage in some ways as a suns fan though because suns fans aren't allowed to have good things and this <laughs> current new generation of suns fans like we've heard the stories where you know we've seen you know i i mean i saw the nash games too but but this was another level mike this fucking sucked this really yeah. sucked yeah yeah, it did. So that's how uh, it I did. feel. I mean, back to back, back to back, forty point games for Devin Booker. Um, and you and you have people well, and, and you have game. people who who know that fact and are gonna pin it on him. That's what's crazy. That's what's crazy. Well, yeah, about, who cares? Crazy. They, uh, honestly, who cares what they? think? You're right. <laughs> but this, uh, I don't, this, and I know a lot of people want want to argue, but I think at some point you just have to get over that because to me that the entire game was. When Devin Booker was in, the Suns were controlling it offensively, and they had a chance. When Devin Booker went out, uh, things were going badly for the Suns, and 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 this is including 
I think what's difficult about this particular game is this is including a good Chris Paul game, a game where the Suns took care of the ball in general, a game where the rebounding discrepancy wasn't uh, something that really affected the game dramatically. It was just a game where the Bucks were hitting shots, and Would I think you, that's a tough thing for Monty Williams to go back and say, uh, you know, anything. Really. Well, I think the most depressing thing about this game is if you evaluate all the reasons we lost in Game Three um, or Game Four. Sorry. Yeah. It was. You got killed on the offensive glass. It was like 17 to 5. You got killed in turnovers. It was like 17 to 5. It was like close to that margin as well. You go into this game, you only commit eight turnovers. The Bucks had 11. Uh, they still beat you on the offensive glass. They had 11 offensive rebounds. We had eight, but it's like they're the bigger team. They went super big with Chris Middleton at point guard for fuck's sake. Like they're going to. They're going to out-rebound you, but just as long as they don't grab 12 more rebounds. They didn't take more shots. Like last game, for the Bucks to beat the Suns, it took 20 more shots for them to get there. And in this game, both teams, same number of field goals. The Bucks shoot 53% from the goddamn free throw line. And mm-hmm. they they just, I mean, this was a big three performance if I've ever seen one. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I, like go back. We haven't had time to look this up, obviously, but like, the the Heat era big three never had a game where LeBron, Wade, and Bosch all scored twenty five plus in the finals, did they? I almost guarantee they didn't. Did the Warriors ever do that yeah. with KD, Curry, and anyone else? Be it Clay or I guess Clay. I don't think they did that either. Yeah, like what the Bucks did tonight was fucking ridiculous. And yep, yep. I mean, it got to a point in the fourth quarter where I was just totally despondent. I really didn't think they were coming back, Mike. When when they hit a couple of shots, they got a couple stops, and then ultimately, obviously, Booker was doing his thing the whole second half, and then when they came around, he curled around a screen and hit that three, and at that point, I think it was like a four-point game. I kind yeah. I perked up. I, I like didn't see it coming. I really thought they were dead. And then, of course, they had to crush me. Yeah. They had to crush me at the end. They're still in it. Yeah. That's... There's... If yeah. I, I'm sorry, because I'm trying to like just stream a consciousness right now, trying to gather my thoughts. They're still in it. All of mm-hmm. the reasons that they lost in game four are not the reasons they lost tonight. This was just the worst possible luck you could have in a game. And it had nothing to do it, yeah. nothing to do with the officiating. It just came down to their players, who typically do not resemble a big three, played like a big three and gave us collectively one of the best performances of top tier talent we've seen in NBA history in the finals. That's how good it was. Like Chris Middleton, this is what's ridiculous about the NBA in 2021 is Chris Middleton, who if you ask most people on the street are not even going to say he's a top 15, top 20 player. And Chris Middleton took over like another game in a row (laughs) and played like he's, you know, a hall of fame talent. Which is all he needed to do for these couple of games for the Bucks to to eke it out. The Suns are yeah. He didn't have forty uh, like the last game, and I think he started at one for seven, a, a, a Devin Booker esque game in that way, in that he started out inefficient and sort of shot his way back into a really really efficient game by the end of the night. And um, a lot of that was what they were doing is off ball screening and and kind of picking on Chris Paul defensively in that third quarter. This is when they started hitting a lot of difficult shots over and over again. And for uh, for the Bucks, it was Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday shooting over Chris Paul. And I think that's maybe the first time in the playoffs that we've seen anybody really try to attack Chris Paul uh, and take advantage of the size difference between who he's guarding and him. And I think normally he did a good job, and I think he adjusted in a way that allowed him to play better. But they did go on a little bit of a run there 
Uh, and that's kind of what got Chris Middleton back in it. He, he found himself against Chris Paul and was able to hit a few shots there. And then, and then his shot started dropping in a, in a more regular way, but it was just a remarkable shooting performance from, uh, from the bucks. And, and a lot of ways, I think drew holiday hit a lot of sort of leaners and fadeaways that he, I think you can't really count shots on shots. He I mean, hasn't made all series. Yeah. All and, series. and for the bucks, for the bucks, they need that. I mean, they need him to do that every once in a while. If they have any chance of winning the series and for the Suns. Uh, you can't really beat them if they're going to do that. If, if if essentially the 27 and 13 that they get from Drew Holiday is what you need from Chris Paul. And well, Chris Paul still did, like I said, once again, Chris Paul had a good well, game. Well, okay, 21 and I want to stop you. Are, you. are we sure he had a good game? I, 21 and 11 I know what the box score is says. a lot more than what he did in the last game. I know what the game. box score says. Look, he, he made some shots at the end. He made his open threes. He made a couple of tough shots over big guys. Portis and, and Lopez and whatever. Um, I think he had a tough one over Giannis late in the fourth quarter. But the Suns were kind of out of the game because of the way Chris Paul played in the second quarter. It it was the second quarter, right? yeah, that killed that killed the Suns. And, like, but I, and I don't that think... was Chris Paul. Not throwing him under the bus. because I mean, I guess maybe I am. I don't know. I, it's like, was this a good Chris Paul game? Can we really say that? I don't care if he had 21 and I... 11. I don't think that Chris Paul played in a way that cost the Suns the game. I think, uh, look, I think he, I think the Suns had a chance to win, and the Bucks hit a lot of really, really, really difficult I shots. Agree with the that. Suns could have won this game with the way he was You're playing, right. and I don't think it's more complicated than that. You're right. For me, I, I don't think Chris Paul lost the Suns the game. I think he lost them the game as much as a few other guys lost them the game. <laughs> it was kind of collectively everyone not named Devin Booker lost the Suns the game. I mean, yeah, DeAndre I, Ayton was not impressive for the vast majority of this game. And again, like the box score, he had 20 and 10. But first half, DeAndre Ayton did not look good here. Uh, you know, I mean, like, Jay Crowder was fine. Kale Bridges was fine, I guess. It's like yeah. their offense was pretty good. They lost a four-point mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I mean, but, the, the Bucks scored 123 points. I don't know this off the top of my head, and I could check. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's the most that any team has scored on the Suns in the playoffs so far. I'll check for you real quick. That's just that's a lot of points scored by another team. The Suns have been a really solid defense throughout the playoffs. Maybe there's one time or something that somebody else has scored that much, but it's rare for a team to put that many points on the it Suns. It is the most, at least. Yeah. It is the- so that's the most, and and the Bucks. I mean, the Suns still scored 119 points, and it's just. And look, look, basketball sometimes is about those little, it's a game of inches, as they say. It's about uh, those extra shots, those fadeaways with the shot clock running down that Drew Holiday hits. Those absolutely insane shots by uh, Giannis that bounce off the backboard so hard and somehow still go in. And he makes them on good defense. And that's and that's what it takes to win a game at this point. I mean, this is the NBA Finals. The differences are tiny like that. And that's what it takes. And that's why it's hard for me to like put the blame on someone. I think they I think the Suns played really well in this game. This is a it's a tough time for me to like blame a uh, any any individual player. I think the stretch you're talking about, and I'd like to go back and watch the second half again, because I'm not sure what the Suns did in the in the bench minutes without Devin Booker on the floor in the second half. Uh, it was just a very short period of time. I can tell you that. I know that he was off the floor very little. But what it was for the Bucks is the Bucks had both Brooke Lopez and uh, Bobby Portis on the floor at the same time. The Suns had no center. So the Suns 
the way that the Bucks played is they were just packing the paint and stopping the Suns from getting any shots at the rim. And they shot wide open threes in that stretch. They were getting open shots and they were not falling, but then they were giving up shots at the rim on the other end and they were not getting back in transition in the right way on the other end. And I think that was a big part of that specific run. And I'm not sure what they did in the second half. It didn't stand out to me to address that. And I'd like to go back and watch that. But I think it was mostly don't take Devin Booker off the floor very much. That's probably what it boils down to. Um, but that stretch, I think it, it, it was brutal. And they made threes in that stretch too. And the Suns need to just make those shots at some point. You will be alone in going back and watching that because I have no desire to ever watch that game again. Um, I don't care what analysis can be taken from it. Um, but, I mean, yeah, dude, But like that's kind of why I say did Chris Paul really have a good game because it was more about when Booker was off the floor, those few minutes that we saw with him, he just wasn't enough of a scoring threat. I know he got to his 21 points by the end of the game, but he didn't impose his will on the half court offense enough he didn't open up you know we know when he gets into the teeth of the defense it opens up eight and two it created a situation for the suns where they had to go mismatch hunting with booker and that was their only way to generate offense is uh swing the ball around get booker on Connaughton or tucker or whatever and let him go to work and they weren't able to get into their typical offense and i know the suns hit tough shots tonight too so they still got to their 119 points tip their cap to them obviously tip my cap to booker uh, to have 40 points on 33 shots by doing mass mismatch hunting. That's great. But uh, I don't know. You just, you got to wonder. Like, they found a way tonight to score points, but it wasn't Phoenix Suns' offense. And I guess no. you got to wonder if Phoenix Suns' offense, the way we think of it, is even going to come back in Game 6 or potentially Game 7, like if it's even possible to get that back at this point, or if you've just conceded yourself into the math game that the Bucks want you to play. The Bucks want to take away Aiton's role. They want to take away your corner threes. And then all that's going to be left is, is these tough, mid-range, difficult shots. If Booker scoring 40 points again in Game 6 and Game 7, great. We've got a chance. But it's tough. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and, and I think a big part of that is they're willing to switch a smaller guy onto DeAndre Ayton and they just really kind of suck the defense in a little bit. 
and make that pass as difficult as possible so they're not allowing DeAndre Ayton to catch it close to the rim, forcing him back out, and then just making the Suns isolate. And, and uh, look, I think you can go back to and watch this game and try and figure out what the Suns could do differently offensively. But once again, 119 points in this game. Maybe they can get more threes, right? You can place an emphasis on more threes, but they made 13 in this game, and they were 13 for 19. They shot 68% from the three-point line. Uh, and it's, I think a lot of it is just finding ways to make those shots, continue to make those shots as difficult as possible for the Bucks, and force them into some sort of scenario where maybe one of those three guys is not playing the way that they're currently playing. And I think that would help, that would help a lot. And the other part is win the Bobby Portis minutes. You can't let the Bucks <laughs> win the Bobby Portis minutes. I mean, you just can't, you can't do Man, that. We're, I, I understand. No, keep going. Sorry. I understand Pat Connaughton is going to come in and do some things. Maybe that's the guy on the bench that has a positive plus minus, but you can't let it be Bobby Portis. Yeah, I mean, Pat Connaughton, you know, I, I talked about he was being filleted by Booker throughout the game, but even so, he's not Michael Porter Jr. That's kind of why I was talking about mismatch hunting. Like, he's not, it's not the same level of bad matchup, in my opinion. And we're sort of... Teague was that. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's where I was going. For those that's minutes. That's where I was going next, is Teague played one stint of seven minutes. He was minus 11. And then I think he checked back into the game for like one minute to give Holiday a quick break in the second half. But other than that, that was it for him. And we're sort of at a point now in the series where the garbage players on both sides, no more Frank Kaminsky, no more Abdul Nader, no, maybe no more Jeff Teague starting next game too. You know, like we, we might see a fucking seven-man rotation from the Bucks and Suns at this point. I mean, yeah. Torrey Craig only played nine minutes in this game. Yeah. It's only Cameron, it's, even Cameron Johnson, 22, it's only your best guys at this point. And so, yeah. it, you know, if Drew plays 43, 44 minutes in game six and he plays like this again, then they're going to be amazing. If, uh, if he doesn't, I mean, they don't want to play Jeff Teague, no, but still I mean, like the, the only reason they did is because of two early. It's fouls just, from Drew. it's hard. Cause like the Suns have been held up as this deep team, but it's, it's just, they can't rely on that now. It's just going to be both teams going to their top and you seven never or eight can. guys. I know. At yeah. this level, you never can. Um, yeah. It's just going to be the top seven or eight guys, and whoever's better is better. I don't know if that's supposed to make you feel confident or not. I don't feel particularly confident right now, but yeah, we've seen... Well, when you're down in the series, it's hard to feel confident. You'd have to win both of the next two games. I've they seen started with Drew two, and two Chris play like shit yeah. before. That's basically all I got to go off right now. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is they've got they have now showed us three guys who are capable of going off for th- basically 30 points and we have two yeah. of those guys that's yeah. bad math yeah. for the suns unless yeah. deandre ayton is successfully established enough early in the game that he can squeeze his way to one of those or we had a 27 point game from mikhail bridges once feels to me like that's not going to happen again just based on what we've seen. This is not his series. Well, if they continue defending the way that they have been for their three wins and there's no reason for them to change that, it's going to be difficult for any of the sort of role players to get going a little bit. And once again, DeAndre Ayton's points are related to what Devin Booker and Chris Paul are doing. So there is a way for him to get to those points. But this is, I think, one of the first times in the playoffs that we've seen a scenario where DeAndre Ayton's inability to create offense for himself from like a significant uh, a distance from the basket uh, kind of does affect the Suns negatively because they don't have another guy. Like I said, the Bucks are willing to switch somebody like Pat Connaughton on 
DeAndre and, and the Suns can't do anything with that because if they just make that pass as difficult as possible, you can't give it to Aiton 18 feet away and hope that he gets fouled or, or something there like was, that. It's just, it hasn't there worked. There was one possession where they tried that and it was just completely broken possession. By the way, with Mikhail, bellwether stat right here. I've seen some people bring it up before, but it gets even worse tonight. Uh, when Mikhail Bridges attempts at least 10 field goals in the playoffs, the Suns are 10-0. and 0. When he attempts less than that, and he only took six tonight, they're now four and seven. Yeah, I think that's indicative of the Suns forcing other teams into a defensive rotation. It's n- right, that's really, all it's it not. Is. It's not a give the ball to Mikhail Bridges and let him go to work type yeah. stat. But I do think it's interesting no. because, yeah, it's there has to be some level of offensive aggression. He stepped into a pull up three tonight once. That was cool. Yeah, I mean, he offensively, he was five for six. Yeah, he was uh, fine, you know? I guess. I don't know. He, he made the shots that he was given. Um, I, and I even think the one that he missed was a surprise for me. It was one of those pull-up mid-range shots that he normally makes. And Aiton, but Aiton, there was too many times in this game where Aiton was, was in the position to offensive rebound and just wasn't really going after it in the way that you really need him to in order for the Suns to be successful in this game. He had three offensive rebounds still, but like ending this game with only 10 rebounds is, is a disappointment for me for, for him. And look, I will say this, uh, teams were making shots in this game. So there was less rebounds to go around. So that number necessarily doesn't bother me as much as just what I saw. And uh, I just think they, the Suns need to get after it a little bit more, especially on those mid-range shots. You have to find ways to get in position to, to rebound there. All right, fuck the adjustment talk um, for a second, if you don't mind. We're going on the road now. It's do or die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where's your trust level at? In Give me a few people. I want your trust going into game six. For Devin Booker, for Chris yeah. Paul, maybe for Monty Williams too. What do you think? Yeah, I. Um, let's see. I mean, how do you want to do this? You want to rank them or just give it like on a scale? Yeah, of scale one to of 10? one to ten. Okay, if we're going scale of one to ten, I'll start with the guy that I I, I trust the most at this point, and that's got to be Devin Booker. I mean, the only issue with Devin Booker has been one or two dumb fouls a game, <laughs> and that's really it. Beyond that, I think. He is finding creases in the defense. He's attacking the rim more than he has uh, in specifically the one game he was bad in, uh, which was game three. And uh, I, I think that at this point, he's at sort of the peak of his powers. And I think some people will point at the assist numbers and sort of try to go at him for that. Look, I think this is this is one of the dumbest things that I can think of as far as discourse goes. If, if, if a player has a great game and they lose, it's somehow his fault. That's where the that's where it always flies. You you point at the guy who somehow was good and say he should have done more. From engagement trolls. Um, yeah, from en- engagement trolls is a good word for it. And those people are just wrong. Uh, the Suns were at their best when Devin Booker was on the floor at all times in this game. I understand the concept of well, the other players are not in rhythm when they get the ball. The Suns didn't shoot bad in this game. They had nothing to do. with it, that. Here's the thing, because even I just want to say, because even I said that in the first half, right? I said that. There's too much mismatch hunting here. But that was under the premise that we had a totally healthy Chris Paul. If you have a totally healthy Chris Paul, you run your stuff. But this gets into why I was asking you about trust level in Chris Paul. Because, I want—I mean, I want you to answer in a second. I don't trust yeah. Chris Paul right now going into game six. I mean, it's not at a, a one out of ten. 
but it's probably less than a five. He just he doesn't look right. He's not playing Chris Paul basketball. It, it was a little bit encouraging to see, obviously, the 11 assists to one turnover. At least Drew didn't bump him off and force four or five turnovers in this game. But if he's not putting that pressure on the Bucks defense, then everything has to run through Booker. And it's just so tough. The equation there if- is so tough. Look, I, I'm gonna throw out the the one scale of one to ten thing because I just I don't feel like I'm gonna be able That's to do fine. it. But if we're if we're talking about the starters here, Devin Booker is the guy I trust the most. Chris Paul is still number two here. The other guys we're talking about is Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, and Mikael Bridges. DeAndre Ayton has been up and down uh, so far in this series. Mikael Bridges has been up and down uh, in this series, and Jay Crowder has been up and down in his entire career. That's who he is. So if we're talking about who I trust, it's still Devin Booker, number one, Chris Paul, number two. Even even with some games where he has struggled, Chris Paul, a little bit, in this game, I once again, I, I will say this game was not that. I think the main thing you look at for him is only having one turnover to 11 assists. That's what the Suns need in order to play well. The only thing I think that made him really bad in the last game, I, the scoring was one thing, but the five turnovers, especially turnovers at the worst possible time, that's, I think, where... The Suns struggled with Chris Paul. This game, he wasn't that. So if he can continue to play as he's doing in this game, maybe a few other open shots, that helps. Uh, and for Monty Williams, by the way, calling a timeout a little earlier when the Suns are getting killed without uh, Devin Booker on the floor, I think would help a lot too. Um, because that, I think Chris Paul was a little out of sorts. I don't blame him for that that run that the Suns went on. They were getting open shots. I'll say it once again. Chris Paul was finding open guys in that run in the second quarter they were just missing every wide open three and i don't know how much you can put that on him at that point this could have been a 14 assist game if they made those they shots. did shoot 68 percent from deep tonight though mike mm-hmm. yeah and, and that was the stretch that that they weren't making mm-hmm. them i mean because when you have two big guys on the floor you can you can get that defense a little out of position uh, for the bucks and uh, they just weren't making those shots at that point so if we're talking about guys I trust, it's still Devin Booker number one, Chris Paul number two, and I, it be it would take something worse than what we're seeing. It would be more like the Lakers series. There is uh, no, Chris Paul for me to t- change. There is that. no adjustment. I mean, you don't play campaign. You just don't. It's Chris liver, Paul said they just got to play better. You liver. You <laughs> that's what did he, he said just say that? Game. I mean, you just live or die after game four. I I believe Chris Paul wants it. I just don't trust his body right now. It sucks to say, but I don't. I'm not trying to use the injury as an excuse, but I, I like I don't know how else to say it. He's he doesn't look right, and there's no adjustment to that. You don't play campaign over him in Game Six. No, it's, no, that that would we're be gonna, insane. We're gonna live or die by our two dynamic guards. I think the best we can hope for is Booker is has given me a lot of confidence in this series. I think he's gonna come out strong. I think Chris can run an offense. You know, he can get to 15 or 20 points. I would be surprised if he exploded. I would be elated if he exploded in game six, but I would be surprised with the way he's playing. So the best you can hope for is DA continues to play great stand-up one-on-one defense against Giannis. Doesn't get into yeah, foul trouble. Well. And then yeah. you can afford a, a good, you can afford a solid to good, maybe even a great game. Out of one of Middleton or Drew, you can't have both. If both of them go off, you're done. The series is over. Yeah. Yeah. I think beyond that too, I think the Suns could do a little bit better at guarding the three-point line in transition. I said it the last game when Giannis is dribbling down, and this is partly because the Suns are walling up against him. Uh, but if I think if Aiton's there, 
maybe you you're a step closer to the shooters on that. You you trust Aiton to try and defend him at the rim and get back to those shooters because I think they're just getting too many open threes in transition. I think the Suns could do a little bit better at defending that. But the main thing is at this point, it's going to be tough because Chris Paul. If you can find ways to not get Chris Paul switched on to Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, that might help a little. But you, you, at some point, you probably have to trust him to guard them and just see how well he does. Um, but yeah, they were picking on him a little bit there, and that's and that's something that he has to um, play a little better on, I, I think. Anything else that you have? No. As far as this game? No. I think uh, we can <laughs> we can call it a little bit early tonight. Get some rest. Um, we got two more days till Tuesday, baby. I gotta say, <laughs> yeah, I, and then if there's a yeah, if there's a game seven, there's only one game. It's true, only one uh, day. Yep, or one day I should say between that. It would be Tuesday game six, and then Thursday game. And then seven. the draft. One thing I will say, and the Olympics, <laughs> yeah, we have no time to rest. And Jesus, Christ. we'll never sleep, Sam. <laughs> you and I will never sleep. Uh, one thing I will say is these losses hurt. And I understand that they hurt. And I think that for Suns fans, it's okay if if you allow yourself to feel that pain, if you will. Um, but also, Devin Booker did just have back-to-back 40-point games in the NBA Finals. And that's pretty remarkable for a player as young as he is. And uh, I think it's okay to find some joy in that. And even just find some joy in the fact that the Suns are in this position at all. Um, I find myself reminding myself throughout the game that this is pretty cool (laughs) it's pretty cool to see and like that does not necessarily take away from the pain that happens in a loss uh but it is it is a basketball game where millionaires are playing each other and it's okay to sort of enjoy that you're even watching it all most teams are not watching a team play at this point in the playoffs so i mean Suns fans find a way to enjoy the fact that devin booker the guy who people have been shitting on for years is scoring 40 points back-to-back games in the NBA Finals. Ignore the people that want to find a way to discredit that. Who cares what they think, ultimately? Because it's happening right now. And if you can, find a way to enjoy this because I'm I'm, I'm doing my best to try and find ways to enjoy this, I guess I should say. Uh, but we'll be back uh, once again after the next game, um, hopefully. <laughs> and hopefully it's a win and then we get to talk about a Game 7 in the NBA Finals. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.